Swab the decks and hoist the sails. The guns on board be needed some proper madam. Pieces of eight and a fine wench on your arm. If you work, be not too shoddy. Careful not to flounder too badly, though, or you may have to dance the hemp and jig as we see you to Davy Jones. The Jeffy, my boy, on with the show. Welcome everybody, friends, folks, foes, and fellow pirate mateys, to this Friday night's feature installment of Radio Podcast. It's episode number 198. Only two more shows to go. We've got our 200th feature guest interview. I'm your host as always... Robin Hood's Chief Communications Officer, Jaffe Ryder. We have a great guest in store for you here tonight. Someone whose name will be familiar to a few of our listeners. Dan Willis is one of the... Jaffe? Yes? We're not live, we're not live on YouTube. Well, that doesn't make any sense. I got I to gotta check uh, Facebook. You are live on DLive, but uh, YouTube is not showing you live yet. Yeah, well, okay. That's uh, kind of like what happened last time. And, and as things turned out, it ended up recording us for... What on this end looked not to be the case, but in the end, everything was covered. So I don't know what it is, what's going on. You know, if, send, if you could, give them the DLive links and the Facebook links to the, uh, to the show. It's simple as that, because we can't, we can't afford to keep screwing around like this, you know, because All last right, time I'm we stopped it. it, and we got to just... Uh, Go on with the show. I'm I'm letting people know. Yeah, thank you for that. So, uh, once again, Dan Willis is one of the Disclosure Project's top secret military witnesses who testified in May 2001 at Washington's National Press Club in front of the major mainstream media of the world. An ex-radio broadcast engineer and ABC newsman Dan has taken a keen interest in how the mainstream media has withheld ET disclosure from the public a reality based on hundreds of credible military and intelligence witness testimonies central to most of Dan's talks is simply who controls the mainstream media's consensus agenda and why do they fear disclosing the truth about extraterrestrials the answer to this question is of course ultimately for you to decide social media links simply are the matrix 
Disclosurewitness.net and over on Facebook, Disclosure Witness. Ours, as hopefully most will remember, WPRPN.com. Sign up is free. Username, email, and password. It's as simple as that, and you're you're on board and essentially one of the crew. So uh, pirate1radio at protonmail.com is our email address. If you have any PayPal donations you'd like to make, uh, patreon.com forward slash WPRPN is another way of doing things as well, too, with respect to our tip jar that we have in place over there. Minds.com digital tokens are always very much appreciated. This week, we're looking at, once again, Dana Shiver, Janie Walker, and Joey Boomer coming through for us in a big way via the Minds.com digital tokens. Tippy top of the pirate mast, cream of the crow's nest crop. So, anything in a in addition to all of this, uh, if you have any questions, just simply check out the links that we have available down in the show description area, and the rest should be pretty much straightforward from there. So, yeah, um, Dan, isn't that something? Uh, you know, last week, this this past Tuesday, actually, was something where we had an issue with with uh, this business of live streaming. And it says here through our, our restream technology that's sending the data. Ah, oh boy, this is a tough one. I'm not sure what a decision to make here exactly, but there's no reason that this should be, um, we should be having a problem right now other than the fact that I hate to think YouTube is sticking it to us, but um, you were just making a brief reference earlier well, you were afraid to even mention QAnon. So uh, who knows? Maybe they were listening in via Skype and they took action from even that stage just in conjunction who, perhaps with the NSA. Is that at all possible or are we just simply, would that be going a little bit too far, do you think? Well, Google it controls YouTube. You know, they changed their motto from uh, Google, don't be evil. <laughs> they had to take that off because they just started getting really evil. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at uh, Zachary uh, Zorhais, who is an engineer, you know, looking at the, he was, he was spilling the beans and all the algorithms that they're using to uh, to keep people from uh, learning about this uh, domestic enemy, I guess you could say, that's infiltrated and that's controlling, uh, you know, social media platforms and censoring and, you know, working in, in liaison with, uh, you know, the mainstream media, all of its controlled outlets through the six corporations that control most of what a lot of people see and hear. It's, you know, it's creating, a, you know, it's creating a lot of division, you know, because they're... Uh, yeah, using psychological warfare, I guess you could say. They're doing all they can to keep live streaming outfits such as ourselves um, contained entirely to the underground. There's no doubt about that. So, anyways, we will uh, continue on as it is here. And 
either way, we are recording this, and we have a number of outlets, including Facebook and DLive, along with the OBS here, that's that's uh, recording the conversation. Maybe even Pirate Larry might want to uh, might want to boot up uh, what he has on his end of things there too. Speaking of which, let me just. Uh, Let's let's turn our sights to Pirate Larry just for a brief moment here before we get to this whole business of how you actually have a bit of a history in the area of um, uh, pirate radio, and we definitely want to find out a little bit more about that. But in the meantime, Pirate Larry, yes, where can we find you now? I guess you are somewhere probably down at the scurvy dog again, I would imagine. That's where I be, Jeffy, down at the scurvy dog. Well, how about that? So scurvy dog in. And how are things looking? Uh, there was a bit of uh, build up, and uh, the expectation. Uh, you know, there's a few people that were definitely looking forward to hearing this show. So I'm not sure what the buzz is out there via your current location. Maybe you can fill us in a little more. What where do things stand? Well, I got a whole crowd of here down at the Scurvy Dog Inn. It's where a friend can be a friend and uh, nobody's pretend. So we're uh, uh, listening with uh, bated breath to uh, all these things that are said by, because here's the thing. Uh, we know that uh, uh, he's a pirate. All right. Sure. Yeah, he seems to have the the credentials. There's there's pirate lore out there. You'll have to. He's shy. You have to ask him about it. But there's pirate lore all over the Scurvy Dog Inn about his pirate escapades back when he was a youngster. Oh, how about that? So. And let's not forget, we need to get uh, save a little bit of time here. Maybe at the midway point of the live stream we can come back to you larry and ask you about your i'm not sure if you call it a close encounter or not it was certainly an experience that seems somewhat oh, yeah, I saw him. yeah. Mm -hmm. okay so we'll definitely be wanting to uh talk to you about that before night's end so dan um and of course let's not forget yes reverend jim providing uh syndication via his D live channel along with Angel Espino, cur courtesy of PSN-radio.com. Uh, on top of that, we've also got uh, Daryl and Katie out of the Global Enlightenment Radio Network, hashtag Gurn. So all of their support is very much appreciated, and I hope they enjoy tonight's conversation. You... Uh, Oh, and l let me just say, too, once again, that for, well, geez, I guess no one can hear us at this particular point via YouTube, although my hunch is if this past Tuesday's news shows any indication that it will be recorded and uh, show up in the archives later uh, on down the road here, just a couple hours, but uh, we'll just have to play that one by ear. What I was going to say, though, okay. is just uh, let's make sure that we can... Um, let as many people know as possible that who do show up to YouTube simply to head over to either D Live or uh, or or 
Facebook, where I think we're going to be uh, handling things here uh, without too much difficulty quite shortly. Although we are live as well, too, so at this particular moment. But uh, Dan, yeah, a little more. The Pirates, how far back does your history go then? Tell us a little bit more about uh, this whole this underground lore, as it were, that Larry was referring to. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, I was, you know, as a kid, I was building radio transmitters and stuff like that, you know, and, uh, but yeah, I, I was just playing around. <laughs> you must have had it in your blood, had, boy. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, you know, I became the broadcast engineer for the most powerful FM station on the West Coast for many years and worked with the Navy and all its communication stuff. So I have quite a bit of technical background with a lot of stuff. But, uh, yeah, I used to be a sailor, you know, so I sort of, and uh, when I was, I was uh, working in communications and uh, receiving reports from ships uh, off the coast of Alaska, you know, uh, you're reporting flying saucers, you know, basically coming out of the oceans. And I find, you know, later that, you know, I thought that was unusual. And it's really quite common that there is uh, quite a bit of uh, spacecraft of different types, cigar shape, saucers. The one that I got a report on uh, was a secret priority message going to the Chief of Naval Operations. Uh, that was uh, the crew witnessed off Port Bow, uh, brightly glowing reddish-orange uh, glowing saucer that came out of the ocean and shot straight up going about 7,000 miles per hour tracked by radar um, you know so you know this this is back in 1969 you know back when we were you know going to the moon and uh, you know it all stuck in my head you know um, and then 2001 uh, I actually didn't even know what Operation Mockingbird was and I, I was listening to the, all the other my testimony was kind of minor compared to what the other 20 witnesses were disclosing to the largest event in the history of the National Press Club of the 22 cameras in the back row and each one of us stating and willing to testify under oath before a congressional hearing and, you know, some of us breaking national security oaths. And so, um, you know, uh, when I saw what the media did, you know, being an ex-ABC newsman, uh, you know, just I was in radio. I wasn't an uh, anchorman or anything on television. But, you know, I would rip off the uh, this is this is ancient history. You know, it was back in the 70s. I was rip off the AP and UPI teletype and I'd be reading the news. You know, I didn't have any idea that the Nazi SS actually set up the Bilderberg meetings back in 1954, which along with the Council on Foreign Relations and Trilateral, Community, Trilateral uh, uh, Commission controls and orchestrates all of the mainstream media outlets, which is you know condensed down to six corporations that are working on an agenda that uh, the people don't realize that, you know, they're using psychological warfare in order to create division and to try to hide what, uh, what their true agenda is. And, uh, you know, all this goes back to, uh, I don't want to go off on a, too long a thing, but, you know, it goes back to uh, when President Eisenhower uh, gave a warning about the unwarranted influences and the misplaced powers and only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can protect our future liberties and freedom. He uh, basically lost control to the corporations that were infiltrated by the Fourth Reich, 
all this was hidden in history. Our school education has been uh, taken over by the Rockefellers who hid all of this. And May I ask uh, you a question? Yes, go ahead. Um, okay, it's my belief that I'm sure you've you've heard of silent weapons for a quiet war. Yeah, I it's, have. It's my belief that that came out of the first Bilderberg uh, meeting. Is uh, can you confirm that, or am I totally off base? No, no, you're not off base at all. No, in fact, uh, you know, I on my my online notes is what I call it. it's not a professional site, thewebmatrix.net. Uh, if you go to 1954, you can see that document that uh, they were planning all these draconian things in the future for us. Um, no, uh, there has this, uh, you know, well, in 2016, you know, the Bilderberg meeting, they wanted to have, uh, you know, Hillary Clinton for president. Uh, but, you know, military intelligence operations due to Eisenhower losing control, he set up a future institutional safeguard with a secret executive order setting up a U.S. Marine Corps intelligence unit that would remain secret and operate in the background and act as uh, if anything in the future would threaten our, our constitutional republic, they would become active and, uh, you know, seek to rectify the situation. And everybody's familiar with... Uh, Oh, what the hell? I'm just going to go out and say it. QAnon, you know, the most, uh, you know, attacked in the mainstream media and is the most censored on the uh, all the you know social media platforms. Basically, uh, they're, they're attempting to the reason why they're so attacked and so censored is because uh, they're trying to alert the public that uh, we do have an infiltration of this domestic enemy. And they're using psychological warfare through our mainstream media outlets. And that they're, you know, you could look at all of the executive orders about, you know, doing against human people's doing human rights abuse or corruption, which, you know, anybody in the cabal is pretty much one of those two categories. You know, just all of the operations changes to the Uniform Code of Military Justice so these people can be tried under military court rather than civilian court, much more expedient, the expansion of Guantanamo Bay. Over 185,000 sealed indictments have been collected. Um, you know, all this operation is, and also uh, John Durham is starting out with some of the first of the sealed indictments he did with uh, Kevin Kleinsmith, you know, who admitted guilt in the um, Obama gate, I guess you'd call it. Uh, and so, you know, it's going to start unfolding. But, you know, we have, a, you know, an animal that's kind of backed in a corner. And it's like it's, it's we've got, you know, two months before the election. And it's going to throw everything it can out. And, I mean, these people... The, the allegations have been made over the years... And, uh, you know, I just came across this once again, just in the lead up to the show yesterday, as a matter of fact, so that there has been an off planet hand in the outcome of um, considerable number of U.S. elections, presidential elections over the years. It may sound a little far-fetched to some, but uh, what are your thoughts? 
in regards to well the, the, like an off planet hand what do you call them ets extraterrestrials ascent we've all heard the stories how oh, they have the oh, capacity oh, oh, to shut right. down nuclear uh, uh what is it the, ICBMs, the, yeah, yeah to the, the warheads and so that seems yeah. that's quite noteworthy what about the the i mean it was the, the russians did it no the russians didn't how about you know like yeah, et did it so uh how, how's that for a for a thesis yeah, you know, some of the, uh, let me just go over here and get this thing, I can, there. Um, you know, some of the uh, some of the things that were disclosed, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people don't even have an idea of that, that event ever happened. It was a world disclosure event. It was authorized by uh, the head of intelligence for the Giant Chiefs of Staff, Vice Admiral Thomas Wilson. Um, Back in 93, I was with a group of researchers outside Area 51, and uh, the first time that uh, Robert Lazar, the S-4 scientist, uh, we got together and under his tent outside of the Lely Inn, and uh, you know, no recordings were allowed, but I recorded uh, secretly. I uh, broke the rules. <laughs> uh, the only video of the event, which is in the 1993 timeline on the webmatrix.net, but uh, what happened was that little civilian activity uh, caused the, the base, you know, Nellis Air Force Base, the Area 51, to send out this uh, NRO, National Reconnaissance Office, uh, security advisory. They, they did a whole lockdown on the base because they didn't want anybody to interact with any of the personnel or anything. Anyway, on this document, uh, they had a distribution list. And on this distribution list, they had uh, certain uh, unacknowledged special access programs like Cosmic Ops, Magi Ops, and so forth. Uh, it's been a long history ever since President Eisenhower lost control to the infiltrated corporations uh, by the Fourth Reich back in the mid-50s, where, you know, once uh, what happened was uh, his undersecretary, under Undersecretary uh, Nelson Rockefeller restructured the whole CIA MJ-12 operations to take him out of his jurisdiction. And so after that happened, uh, you know, he, uh, he tried to gain access after they moved everything from Wright-Patterson over to Area 51 S-4. Uh, he tried to gain access and they denied him access and he threatened to go in and invade the base, you know, with the first army if they didn't allow, you know, at least two agents to give a report. So, you know, ever since that, and then Kennedy, you know, uh, Alan Dulles set up an assassination directive. He was trying to get access to the 10 days after he, you know, put a memo to get the information from the CIA. He was assassinated. Carter made it his, uh, his campaign promise, revealed the UFO stuff. Uh, George H.W. Bush, uh, the CIA director, denied the president access. Uh, Bill Clinton uh was denied access as he told sarah mcclendon you know the, the the white house correspondent you know sarah there's a secret government in the government and i don't control it and he tried to have his uh, cia director james woolsey look into it the cia director was denied access uh, he brought dr greer into a three-hour meeting and uh you know he said i know the subject's real i'm trying to figure out why the hell i can't gain access to it 
And so it was this document that Dr. Greer, along with astronaut Edgar Mitchell and uh, Navy Commander Willard Miller, uh, brought before the Pentagon to Admiral Wilson, the head of the intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff, who would have constitutional authority to access these programs of anybody. He was denied access, and he told Dr. Greer, you know, if you can get your people together willing, you know, to testify under oath, which all of us said we would uh, before a congressional hearing, that you have my uh, permission to go to the mainstream media with this. This group is illegal, quote unquote. And so what's happened is the uh, corporations that infiltrated in, they've been setting up these... Uh, these programs where they are uh, reverse engineering extraterrestrial technology as was revealed uh, in a meeting that he had with, the Admiral had a meeting with uh, Dr. Eric Davis and the transcript was leaked where it showed that he, the Admiral was basically threatened if he didn't drop the matter immediately that he would lose rank and see an early retirement and that they were working on technologies, you know, not of this earth. Um, you know, so this is basically what brought about the uh, 2001 May 9th National Press Club event, uh, which, you know, all 22 cameras in the back row and the place was packed. It was the hugest event of the history of it. But what they did was the intelligence agencies use a term called a limited hangout. And what they want to hang, they want to cover something, but they only hang out the part that's safe that they can get out there. Because everything that we were uh, disclosing, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you some examples. Uh, what we disclosed back in 2001 was that we have proof that our legal constitutional government is being denied access. Illegal unacknowledged special access programs are taking in trillions of dollars yearly. Advanced technologies being withheld, such as zero-point energy, you know, it can get off of nuclear oil and coal. Anti-gravity spacecraft has been developed back in the 1950s. A lunar base on the far side of the moon exists that was visually witnessed. NASA silenced the uh, astronauts of what happened when we went to the moon in 1969. Uh, they're also airbrushing the photos out before releasing it to the public. In retrieval events, 57 different extraterrestrial species had been cataloged by 1989. Uh, Navy secret reports of, uh, you know, saucers coming out of the ocean. Uh, UFOs over nuclear ICBM missile bases have shut down our nuclear weapons. And also future planned false flag events as revealed to Werner von Braun in his deathbed testimony, such as... Um, Terrorists. Now, this was May of 2001, just four months before the 9-11 false flag event happened. So, and the next one after terrorists, since we've already had our terrorists event, uh, is asteroids and then an alien threat. So, um, you know, basically the media said that, you know, they want to have a congressional hearing on the reality of UFOs, which, you know, isn't alerting the, the citizens that we have witnesses, backed by over 500 military intelligence witnesses, just 20 of them were willing, uh, you know, including myself, willing to uh, go before the cameras and testify. But the fact that, uh, you know, they basically sanitized it in such a way that it, it made it sound like, uh, 
you know, we, we wanted to have a hearing on, on the reality of UFOs where you're not really seeing the fact that uh, we're disclosing that there is an illegal infiltration of these rogue operations uh, happening in our, our country that, uh, you know, but it's, you know, they control the mainstream media. So, you know, I thought you know, there was no hope, you know, because you look at all the, uh, I met with one of a dozen or two uh, senators and congresspeople up on Capitol Hill, along with the other witnesses afterward, you know, and we brought them, you know, 500 page briefing document, four hour of executive briefing videos that we shared with the Pentagon. You know, it was like a hot potato. Nobody wanted to touch it. And so um, basically, uh, uh, and, and you know, plus I traveled across the United States in major cities with Dr. Greer, you know, in Colorado, San Diego, L.A., San Francisco, Portland, you know, all these major cities. We set up huge halls where they had the executive briefing video every time without exception. You know, they would come in like San Diego had dancing alien dolls with smoke and San Francisco, they were told to make fun of it. And they said, Oh, the disclosure products is looking to aliens to solve the world's energy problems, you know? And it was like that every single affiliate would make, make fun of it to discredit it. So, you know, with the giggle factor sort of thing. So, you know, I thought, my God, you know, so the media is completely controlled. The representatives of our government are, pretty much out of the loop. I, I made an online fax, stayed up all night with a programmer friend of mine, and we had a pizza, and uh, I, we put together an online fax. I also had a database of all the embassies around the world. So 30,000 faxes went out you know, to the president and all the representatives, and, and I asked people to send them to me because I was the webmaster for the uh, Disclosure Project site. And I would post them so people could see how they were responding. And, you know, after I got 50-some of them, um, it became really clear that all of them were indoctrinated to respond a certain way. Uh, and so, you know, I kind of, kind of losing hope. But when I saw what happened, and after years of research, um, finding out that uh, a military operation that... Uh, was set up by Eisenhower uh, decades ago is coming active and uh, is working on that. Uh, you know, they, they couldn't uh, couldn't do a coup on the whole thing because the, the, the public has been so brainwashed by the control of the media that it would cause a huge backlash. So they have to use the rule of law to get these people, because these people can't use the rule of law. They, they use, when they have events and things, they set up draconian laws and things like that. That's why all these executive orders have been put in place that are using as tools in order to take these people down. Uh, anyway, that's the, kind of a long, long run, but... <laughs> you know, like, no, that was great. Know. We covered a lot of ground. Um, I'm familiar with with some of the the points and and issues, uh, names and dates that you hit on, of course. Oh, good. So yeah, not not to the level, of course, that you are, but that's that's that that's fine, of course. That's why we have experts such as yourself drop by and join us. Uh, just a quick update here to let people know that this restream technology. It's it's talking about how 
a platform update just uh, 12 hours ago via, regarding YouTube. Google will continue, continue to support streams only with YouTube events. YouTube stream now will no longer be available by the end of this month. So there's something really peculiar going on because it's not quite the end of the month, yet uh, somebody appears to be running interference here for whatever reason, and it's just going to make it more difficult once again for us to be able to reach uh, the sort of audience that we had been in the past. We'll have to work on things here behind the scenes and in... Uh, establishing what it is that we're going to want to do here as far as our next move is concerned well uh you know you you covered so much there of course and hit on so many different areas regarding uh disclosure um and and all of its implications limit the limited hangout business that is really it's a standard operational procedure, I guess, is is what it's it's known as, and uh, it's a fascinating psychological trick that really it does manage to manipulate some people in their thinking. Because I mean, the bottom line is, um, and this is a central theme in I think a lot of your work, the the consensus agenda or consensus reality uh mind mind control essentially and perception management i think you would probably concur with that to some to some extent so and let me just remind listeners too that this website that you have is utterly amazing the webmatrix.net people if you've yet to See that down in the show description area or have a chance to check it out. By all means, do so. Um, it is just, I mean, you started the project back in, you've been archiving since. It looks like, well, uh, uh-huh, go ahead. A media, a media company, uh, you know, I, after I saw what happened, I didn't even know what Operation Mockingbird, uh, so right. I don't know about being an expert anybody any more than anybody else, but I, it, from uh, 2014, around January, some media company out of Hollywood wanted me to, you know, knowing that I was an ABC newsman and a witness, they wanted me to write an article on media control in regards to the UFO issue, and I, I, I was... I gladly accept it. I was wondering what the hell is going on, you know? Uh, and so I started researching for years and, and, you know, based on primarily all the witness testimonies that I was aware of, of which, you know, there was, there's hundreds totally, uh, and authenticated, uh, you know, classified documents that have surfaced that, that collaborate with these witness testimonies. So I had a foundational basis of that. And so I figured the only way I could understand this is to go all the way to the beginning of the 20th century, the year 1900, to present day, and look at, plug them in, plug in all these documents and witness testimonies and events that have happened that are related. And, you know, when you do that, it has a tendency to start to form a pattern. You can start to see what has happened. And, you know, the very nature of, 
of the reality of this keeps its own best secrecy because it, it, it you know, when you really get into it, um, it looks like the most amazing imaginative science fiction story you've ever heard of. Uh, but, you know, uh, when we gave our testimony, you know, inspired uh, my friend, Dr. Michael Sala, you know, to start researching, they fired him from the university for, you know, having an interest in the subject. Now he's a world scholar on the subject. And it also inspired a hacker over in the UK by the name of Gary McKinnon, who was able to go into the NASA computers, into the Naval Space Command database where they saw non-terrestrial officers, fleet-to-fleet -fleet transfers, the U.S. Solar Warden Program, uh, huge cigar-shaped uh, U.S. Navy craft like the Hillencotter and, and Lee May, which, you know, as, as you're aware of, Hillencotter was uh, one of the first MJ-12 members, and so was uh, Le May. But none of these ships exist in the U.S. Navy, you know, on the, on the water. Um, and so, you know, the Bush administration wanted to put him in prison for like 70 years, you know. Uh, so, you know, you have a lot of... Uh, you have a lot of uh, secret space program whistleblowers. I call them the 21st century because they all started coming out around the year 2000, you know, starting with Michael Ralph and the other uh, witnesses. And this is because the Navy launched its program back in around the middle, the early 80s. And uh, they're using, a, you know, technology that sounds like sci-fi, but they're able to, uh, you know, put people on a different timeline and do a 20-year service duty and then uh, age regress you and time reverse you back to the point of enlistment. And then when 20 years goes by on this Earth timeline, people start having total recall of their memories. And you got all kinds of people surfacing. Now, granted, there are you know CIA plants and all this, and they do what's called the DDT operation, which is decoy, distract, trash, where they come in with some of the truth, but then they come in with the lies, or they do something discrediting, and through association, you know, it discredits you know the, the real witnesses. And some of the real witnesses, uh, like uh, William Tompkins and uh, Gary McKinnon, uh, who, you know, witnesses in, into the NASA computers. Go ahead, Reverend Jim, jump in. This goes right in hand with the guest we had just a couple weeks ago. That is Kenny correct. Bradley. That is correct. That's, um, that's what I was... Can he verify? Yeah. I'm, I'm just wondering if uh, Dan can verify anything that she has said. Yeah, Penny Bradley, uh, we had on, as Jim was saying, a couple weeks ago. And uh, my thoughts is that she was, well, I was uh, MK Altered, basically. So, but how does this it's, work it's then? It's hard to believe. It's hard to believe what she has to say. I mean, totally, it's like, oh, come on, you're making this totally up. But the more I learn, the more I question is what. She says because she's not the only one I've ever heard say these things, and it makes me friggin' wonder. I know for a fact there is history, there is technology that is being purposely hidden from us, just like the, the giants that used to exist on this planet, and the Smithsonian, and whoever else in power is hiding this. So, yeah, I've got all sorts of questions, and I'm loving this show. I'm sure Penny believes 
sincerely what uh, what she shares with the world and that she's not out to deceive anyone. But I just question how it is that she came to have these memories um, and, and recollections. But yeah, go ahead. If you could fill us in a little more on that that front in particular, Dan, that would be really great. That particular front regarding... Well, as far as the whole... Uh, she claims to have served in an off-planetary Mars-based, largely, space force well, I, for I'm 50 sorry, years. Who are you referring to? Penny Bradley. Is this one example? Oh. And it, we're talking well, time, uh, you know, wormholes and time tunnels and and uh, the Andrew Basagio-type uh, scenarios, jump rooms. Now, I knew Andy before mm -hmm. he went public. In mm -hmm. fact, I was the one that told him. He was my attorney <laughs> for something a long time ago. Right. Um, and, you know, nobody knew about him. I told him, you need to get public. You know, so I talked him into getting on to uh, Art Bell or whatever it was that was going on back then. Uh and, you know, and then he went, he went major public and I couldn't believe he went on the Stephen Colbert show. Of course, they're going to make fun of him. Um, <laughs> you know, it just, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't know all the uh, people that are coming out. This is this lady who you're mentioning. I haven't even heard of. Oh, her. OK. Well, uh, explain to so, us then the, how the science works. That's how I'm, I'm confused, because people, they say they spent 100 years in space, uh, you know, on a, on a ship uh, in, in some sort of uh, quasi military uh capacity yet they return and then their recollections are really murky and they can't remember everything and they can't you know they can't speak the language that they apparently were exposed to for 50 or 100 years and so on and so forth so it just seems to me as if some my impression is that and i'm sure you've heard of mk ultra of course but that these you know, people, alan dallas set it up they've been they've been drugged and uh she claims to have been abducted, but only for like one day as a child at uh, at the age of four, taken to Langley, Virginia, I think is what she said. Some, uh, I forget, do you guys, it, Pirate Larry or, or Reverend Jim, do you remember the actual location? What, what's her name one more time? I'm going to look her Penny up. Penny Bradley. We have a, I'll, yes. we'll share the I, link here with you, actually, the show that Langley, we did with her just a couple I'm weeks ago. i to check it out. Oh, it's really, yeah, yeah she's I, really, it's a great uh, story. Well, but... That leads into the next question. She says that uh, she was taken to New York to some building where they have an elevator that turns into a portal straight to Mars. Jump room. Of a jump place. room. Yeah. Like basically, you step into an elevator and there's two panels. One panel just operates the regular elevator. The other panel turns it into a portal which takes about a 20-minute ride to oh. Mars and I mean there's a lot of there's things about her story that I could believe and then there are other parts of the story that just makes it all I if this is true holy hell that's all I can say but well, what I'm what I'm most interested in here Dan is how you explain someone who's off-planet for all these years and then returns to Earth, supposedly, 
yet it's all compressed within well, within the, the time just a few moments they, really it's like well i've just been gone for a few moments they they put the people into a vat of some type of gel yeah it's like the avatar or the matrix their body that's right and then they time shift them back to where they were abducted and their family thinks they were you know if gone at all they were gone for 15 minutes well i can believe this this vat thing and hooking them up to some sophisticated machinery that i can totally get and and uh buy into but what i'm what i what i'm suspect is that false memories are being planted in people's minds that's what that's the most logical kind of occam's razor uh, you know approach here i would say but maybe dan has a different way of seeing things maybe he can shed a little more light regarding the situation well, you know, I had not being in the secret space program myself. I'm I'm like the 20th century witness, you know, 1969, a long time ago. But you know, I've been studying all these. I've interviewed a, a number of these witnesses, uh, like Emory Smith, but he was actually not with the secret space program, but working, you know, deep underground bases alongside the extraterrestrials uh, that are you know, run by these corporations. But you know, if you if you look at all the witness testimonies, they're all very similar. You know, you have uh, Michael Ralph, you have Randy Kramer, you have Jason Rice, Michael Gerloff, uh, you've got, uh, you know, Corey Good, you've got, you know, all these different people that have come out. And I haven't kept track. I know there's more coming out all the time. And, you know, I'm, I'm, Obviously, there's something there. You know, Gary McKinnon, when he hacked into the uh, into the uh, NASA computers, obviously he uh, he found something that was real. You know, and they're all talking about the Solar Warden program, and uh, William Tompkins, who I've done a lot of research on, and uh, kind of assisted Dr. Michael Sal on some freedom of information requests on looking up some of his. Uh, his information uh, with a detective friend of mine, they, uh, it all checks out, you know, and he, he's getting uh, support from admirals and captains in the Navy and high-level naval command. Uh, and basically what happened was, uh, you know, we were trying to catch up. This is how the Nazis were able to intimidate both the Truman and Eisenhower administrations is they got anti-gravity achieved back in 1934. We didn't have it until 1954. And so, you know, they, were, they did a flyover, you know, in 1952 over the Capitol building. And before that, you know, they completely wiped out Admiral Byrd's fleet on Operation High Jump, going down to attack the Nazi base on Antarctica. And so, uh, Hang on. I'm, were, I'm sorry to jump in here. Who did this? Was it the Nazis or ETs? Uh, uh, well, the, the who, Germans who, had... Who flew as, over uh, Washington? That was a Nazi craft. That was a German an Antarctic... Uh, you know, discs that were flying over the uh, Capitol building to intimidate Truman. And this, so that would have been uh, an extension or product of the, the Bell program, presumably some sort of tie in there, or what are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, you know, NASA got taken over completely, you know, it was run by uh, Dr. DeBus, who was, you know, Nazi SS, you know, and uh, one of the astronauts that happened to walk in on his office uh, astronaut uh, Clark McCleveland. And who did he see who was supposed to be dead, who worked on the Diglock, the Bell, for, all, for Heinrich Himmler, for you know, all these advanced projects? 
uh, none other than Hans Kimmler. Okay. And uh, and so you have here you have you know head Nazis running uh, NASA, and you have Alan Dulles set up a deal with uh, General Reinhard Gellin, where they knew Truman was afraid of the Soviets, and so what they did was they had the Nazis had all the intelligence on the uh, on the Soviets, and they had them hidden away in little. Uh, little containers up in the Bavarian mountains, which they used as a trading chip in order to bring 3,000 Nazi spies into the CIA. And so, um, and they also uh, gone into the head positions of the pharmaceutical corporations. Uh, a whole bunch of things happened, right, during, uh, and just before President Eisenhower's administration and during the Truman, you know, uh, you know, 1950, they set up Operation Mockingbird. 1951, um, they set up the Invention Secrecy Act in 1951, which I've had 10 years of experience because after we were denied a congressional hearing, we had these scientists that were in these projects that were willing to um, testify under oath and to actually prove before an open congressional hearing and put a zero-point energy device on the table and show it operating. But, you know, the Bush administration denied that. Um, you know, years before this, it was like 19, I think it was 1996, uh, CIA Director William Colby was giving Dr. Greer uh, $50 million and a uh, zero-point energy extraterrestrial derived uh, device and this was just before he was going to testify that the Israeli Mossad was infiltrating into the CIA and the CIA was doing this child sex trafficking well one week before he was going to deliver this to Dr. Greer he was found floating face down in the Potomac River ruled, road, uh, ruled a boating accident you know so um, Anyway, I volunteered. We have a database of about 300 scientists and inventors, and I flew around the planet meeting with, uh, along with the professor, uh, you know, because of my technical background, uh, you know, seeing these different technologies that were producing supposedly more energy than coming out. There was this one guy down in the Dominican Republic that uh, <laughs> he had uh, 500 watts coming out with less than one watt going in on this device that he was running. And, uh, you know, the professor and I, we flew back down there, and he said the day before he got there, the uh, and we saw this thing operating. It, you know, we got measurements and everything on it. Uh, well, I was both, my job was to uh, completely schematic it out and send it out to different mail sources so that in case we get whacked, you know, people will still be able to reproduce the device. Uh, the day before we landed, uh, two CIA agents showed up at his door and they said to him, this works, you're dead. And so what happened was he completely disassembled the entire thing. So I wasn't able to uh, blueprint it out. Um, it was just one nightmare story after another, people being suicided. But mostly people get, because of the Invention Secrecy Act in 1951, they get what's called a national security order, which says you know, your invention has been deemed to be a detriment to the national security of the United States. Therefore, you cannot share with anybody. Um, and so, you know, thousands of these having to do with anti-gravity, uh, you know, energy generation, anything that would 
uh, upset the uh, nuclear oil coal you know <laughs> business. Uh, basically gets one of these national security orders, and that's how they keep keep us running on uh, gasoline and uh, you know the nuclear power and everything. Makes uh, a lot of sense, doesn't it? So, uh, big shout out to the nearly ten people we have here with us in D Live, and a handful of others over via Facebook as well too. We, it would be great if we had YouTube on board, of course. We'd be pulling some pretty decent numbers as we present to you this week's Friday night feature guest show with Dan Willis. He's our ET disclosure agent. Actually, I was thinking about it. Maybe we should have rephrased that a little better. Simply UFO disclosure agent. I'm not sure which you would prefer, Dan, but one of the things I was going to point out as well, too. Maybe um, mainstream media infiltration disclosure agent. Yeah, that's <laughs> okay. probably better. No, nobody cares uh, about UFOs anymore. One of the things I was going to point I was going to make is that everyone has heard, of course, of the Nazis' role in Operation Paperclip, the way that they were brought over following World War II. Uh, but what a lot of folks don't stop to think about or have not heard about all that much is the role that they played in in um, contributing to the evolution, the growth and development. You mentioned the pharmaceutical industry. The American Psychiatric, Psychiatric Association was another, apparently. So that's something for people to think about. I don't know if you know much about that or not, Dan, maybe you can comment on that in just a moment or two. But in the meantime, Joshua, Alan Huckle, Coco Park, Jim Callis, David Hughes, just to name a few folks who have joined us here live uh, via the stream over on Facebook. And Reverend Jim, Deja Voodoo 22, who else do we got here? I guess people... Ja Daniel Thorne, the Levon Affair one, uh, nearly 10 folks over on DLive, although I suppose not all have to be logged in to be, or commenting for that matter, to be uh, to be showing up necessarily. So uh, as far as the numbers are concerned. Uh, yeah, what do you think about that though? The American Psychiatric Association, have you heard anything about the Nazi role regarding their hand in... Uh, assisting with the, the, the development and evolution of that uh, that fair and fine such, you know. It's... Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Going back to uh, Edward Bernays, uh, the uh, right. Travis Stock Institute, mm -hmm. you know, the, the billions of dollars that go into the think tanks that engineer our consent and our uh, perceptions and through the mainstream media right. that's coordinated uh, yearly by the Bilderberg meetings, uh, you know, count CFR and uh, trilateral. Uh, no, there's a huge, uh, huge involvement. In fact, uh, before the end of World War II, the Nazis had this plan called uh, Weltanschauungskrieg, which means means worldview warfare. They planned to infiltrate into. They couldn't beat the industrial might of the United States. Uh, they had advanced technology, so they were able to intimidate us. 
But their plan was to infiltrate in and create what's called a matrix of perception. And they were able to effectively do that in 1946. The Rockefeller Foundation rewrote the history of World War II, doing what's called of a limited hangout, you could say, you know, uh, taking out the banking elite connections to the Nazis and the escape and infiltration and the occult and everything else. And then uh, you have uh, Project Dove, 1951, started in with Hollywood, you know, all the evil alien movies, you know, that came in out. And then you have uh, the Invention Secrecy Act that keeps us uh, at a certain technological level. You have uh, Operation Mockingbird, which uh, they started out with 400 journalists that was set up by Alan Dulles in uh, 1950 to control the mainstream media, which they still control today. In fact, uh, after I was on you know, CNN and all the mainstream media outlets, CBS wanted to do an interview with me. And I said, look, I saw what CNN did with it. You know, it basically says, oh, is there life on other planets? Uh, some people that think there's proof there is. Elaine Tihanna explains, you know, and they go on, uh, you know, with this ridiculous thing. Uh, they want to have a congressional hearing on the, on the matter, you know, but no congressional hearings are planned right now. That means like, no. <laughs> so uh, anyway, CBS wanted to do an interview and I said, I'm not going to do this unless I could say we have the scientists willing to prove we have a solution that they get off nuclear and coal. Uh, and promised up and down, interviewed me for 45 minutes afterward. Uh, so I'm sorry to hire executives, you know, read CIA, uh, maybe cut that part out. So, you know, if uh, these news services are are serving the public's interests, why would you cut out a solution to get off of dangerous, obsolete technologies like nuclear, oil and coal with clean, non-polluting, uh, you know, zero point energy? Uh, you know, so anyway, I Going off on a tangent, I have a tendency to do that sometimes. Oh, you're not the uh, you're not the worst. Trust me. So, I uh, I'm, I'm guilty of of the same in a much uh, to, to, to a much greater further magnitude. Was... Uh, hang on, uh, Jim. Go ahead. No, he was right on track, man. He yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> I love it. I'm loving this show. Uh, excellent. Well, that's great. Yeah. Uh, although this, oh, that, that damn, damn YouTube, I tell you, man, we'll get back at them somehow here. Just, uh, uh, <laughs> it warms my heart to, to hear people say that there is some, some connections being made for them, you know, oh, yeah. it, it, it took a lot of years of research and everything. And then all of a sudden, you know, when you, when you start to find out what the whole picture is, it's like one, oh my God, after another, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and you're once again, the matrix.net is just uh, forward slash disclosure the, the is, is amazing. Matrix .net. The matrix.net. The web matrix.net. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, got a bit of ooh, echo loop delay. Ooh, what's going on there? Somebody turned on their D Live or YouTube? Who's done that now? I wonder. Got their video. Uh, it's, I, I wonder if it's Reverend Jim. Uh, he looks like a pirate. He is. He does very much. Yes. There we go. Who was that? Was that you, Jim? Silence. I was muted. It shouldn't have been me. Okay. It was me. Oh, Larry. Oh, getting a little, okay, overexcited button pushing and whatnot. But listen, Larry, we wanted to bring you in right at this very moment, so it's good timing. That's uh, just a wonderful transition. And... Uh, kind of 
in in line with what we'd uh, like to hear from you about, and that is your UFO story. Uh, we had asked you just this past Tuesday as we were doing the after show wrap um, that whether in fact that you had at any first-hand knowledge or direct experience regarding otherly world uh, phenomenon and you told me that you indeed had so why don't you share that with our listeners if, if you would you mean me? No, no. We're talking now. No, no, no. no. In fact, no, no, no. We'll, oh, okay, okay. We'll, we'll get back to you, sure. Dan, in just a moment. In fact, because we a little bit no, more I'll, clarification. Like oh, yeah, for sure. But your story, that Navy story that you uh, laid out there at the start, I'd like to hear that one more time and kind of just slow it down a little bit and go over more of the details. I've also got something to uh, offer on this front. Maybe uh, Reverend Jim does too. Hopefully some of our listeners do as well. But right now, uh, out of Los Angeles, California, Pirate Larry. Let's, let's hear it from you, my friend. All right, so this is uh, Ensenada, Mexico. I'm outside on the patio with a bunch of friends. We're drinking beer, but nobody was that drunk. <clears throat> and they were talking about UFOs, and all of a sudden, there were about eight to ten UFOs that showed up above our heads. Like they were just looking down at us saying hi. And they just hovered for a while, and then they split really fast. Tell us a little they bit about like, their... Th they were like round little dishes. They were like little round, you know, discs. Yeah, what what size approximately would you have estimated them yeah, have been? I don't know, you know. I mean, from that far away, how, how can you know? But, I mean, they were um, maybe smaller than a plane. I don't know. Okay. So, Hard to tell. Mm -hmm. just, and uh, they were so... I mean, but they... They had this, you know, like uh, white light that was uh, around the around the underneath of the disc. And they were not these TR3B type triangular craft either that we hear so much about. Um, no, I, I've heard about those and then the banana ones, but I haven't seen either one of those. Oh, the banana ones. Maybe that's what my dad saw. He, it was like a fiery sea kind of deal was what had... had manifested out of the slit in the the sky out along the horizon and uh it just slowly came up and hovered over the barn it was a on, he's just described it as this fiery type sea object a hundred feet or so above the barn and uh my sister was there my stepmom at the time my sister claims to have no memory of the incident because of, of course as we all know these are the sort of things that happen to everyone every day, of course. So it just all blends in with, you know, it's not, it's, you wouldn't expect her to, why, I mean, why remember something like this? It's a once in a lifetime kind of experience. So the shape was banana or cigar shape. This one was a fiery sea was the way my dad uh, described it. And then it just, after a couple of minutes, um, slowly i blogged it i'll share the link here with people later but then slowly just drifted back uh, over to where it first had appeared out along the horizon in and disappeared up into this portal this slit in in like this you know time space um 
woof and warp? Why am I thinking that? It's the Matrix, man. You know, the Tantric, the Buddhist, the Tantric Buddhists talk about this a lot. That's what their whole thing is about, time and space and the, the fabric of time and space and the way that Transversible, some, transversible wormhole? Something like that, I guess. That would, that would seem... Perhaps I've never heard of it. <laughs> you could go into more detail if you like, but let's hear a little bit more than uh, Larry. Are you finished with your story? Is there anything more the details that and, and, and also I was going to remind you that you've got some sort of there's a little bit more. You haven't turned down whatever it was that you had on there, probably Facebook or wherever you're listening, because I don't think you've got your speakers on uh, or I'm sorry, your headphones on. You're coming to us through your speakers was my guess, but was there any more in the way of details uh, that you'd like to add to your story there, Larry, before we uh, turn the focus back to our uh, our guest? No, I, I just got the feeling that they, I mean, they could read our thoughts. That was the weird feeling that mm -hmm. I got because we were talking about UFOs and we usually, uh, I, you'd see them off of the, off of the point. There's a there's a kind of a you know mountain that goes up and uh, goes down like uh, I say 600 feet into the ocean and you'd see them off of the ocean there um, off of the little islands but I never saw them overhead so it was kind of like we had a conversation about them and they showed up it was. You know, they they were invited to our little fiesta there. Yeah, you know, what I was going to ask you, just a final question here, uh, had any of your friends any experience up to this point, like in a direct um, fashion, anything more that they could tell you as far as what they had witnessed in that region, or was this the first time that... They uh -huh. They used to see them all the time. Right. And, you know, there was like a this bar called Gordo's at the top of the, kind of at the top of the hill, and uh, below the hill was a, uh, or, or at the top of the hill was like La Bufadora, which is where the blowhole is, where the water comes in and blows sky high. And a lot of people, you know, kind of hang out at that bar, and at night. <laughs> They'd see the UFOs flying overhead. Even in the evening, they'd see the UFOs out there over the Pacific. So it was a regular sight for them. And I think sightings in Mexico are more regu regular than, I mean, we could ask Dan about this, but it seems to me sightings in, in Mexico are, are more regular or more regularly reported than they are in the United States. But, um, oh. yeah, they seem yeah. friendly enough. Yeah, it's dangerous to fly over the United States. You know, yeah, there's a whole lot more sightings going on in uh, in Mexico and and you know South America, for sure. R Reverend Jim, any anything along similar lines uh, that you've personally experienced over the years? I think I saw the TR3B one night. Um, Drifting very slowly overhead, uh, just a little, just a little bit south of me. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't tell how big this thing was because I couldn't really judge how high, how high up it was. It was nighttime. All I could see was a triangular outline and a row of lights 
on the back side, the, the side that was facing me. And it was, there was absolutely no sound in the sky. And thing was moving too slow to be a plane. And because there was no sound, I'm pretty sure it wasn't a helicopter. And unfortunately, when I ran in to grab somebody else to come look at it, it was when we came back out, it was no longer there. Yeah, those T oh. those TR three Bs are are they're said to be man made craft by and large, I guess, that uh technology has existed for some time. Is there something more you're gonna add to that, um, Jim? No, I just I mean I've gone over uh aerial photographer, you know, aerial photography of like Area fifty one and I have seen the. I can't find the photo anymore. I wish I would have saved it, and maybe I did, but it's on my crashed computer. Um, there was a weird triangular shadow. You couldn't tell what was causing the shadow, but there was a weird kind of triangular shadow one day on one of the photos on Area 51 off to the, I would say... Believe it's believe it's believe it. Uh, to one, it's one side of the main runway. Like if you look at the runway, it's on the right, and this thing was over on the left, and it wasn't in previous photos, and it wasn't in post photos, and this thing was tall. From the shadow it was giving, it had to have been at least a hundred feet tall. From compared, you know, you're looking at the shadow of cars and other things that you can identify in the in the photo. This thing was really tall, triangular in shape, and totally black. And so basically, you're you're just going off what the shadow is going across the ground. And I've never seen the photo since then. And but yeah. I know there's things out there, man-made or from other worlds, I don't know, or other dimensions. That's the other thing. Well, the thing for me, and I'm not sure if Dan concurs with this or not, presumably so, I'm, I'm willing to bet, but you look out into the night sky and you see all... Whoops, we've got that... Is that Larry again? We've got some terrible uh, echo loop feedback you have to mute not me okay we're gonna have to con get larry muted out then i guess i think it's gone now so that's great uh but yeah you look up into the night sky and just filled with stars of course each one of those stars is said to be a sun we have our sun here and if each one of those stars out in the sky is a sun then presumably there is a potentiality for similar life uh, as to what we experience here on Earth to exist in all those various other regions, I would, I would be willing to to wager. <laughs> so, Dan, I don't know if if you uh, if you're on that the same wavelength or not. I'm I'm, I'm presumably, mm -hmm. but uh, then again, uh, I hate to make any false assumptions. Just if you could address that and then just kind of transition off into. And uh, what you had earlier um, brought up regarding your your naval experience, I'd like to hear just a little bit more about that in, in detail, if 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 we could. Oh, okay, yeah, I was um, 
you know, I had a high level top secret crypto level 14 extra sense of material handling security clearance, which allowed me to get into just about most of the compartments. Uh, I was a high speed code operator and uh, I was uh, monitoring like nine ship to shore circuits at once. And uh, I just always remember this one as I'm decoding it. I put my headphones on, you know, I was like, doo, 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 you know, I was typing it away. Um, and, uh, you know, it was the, uh, the ship that was off the coast of Alaska that, uh, the crew were witnessing coming off Port Valley, brightly glowing, reddish orange, elliptical object about 70 feet in diameter, you know, basically a flying saucer that was glowing. And, uh, as it, sh as it came out of the ocean, the shot straight up, the, uh, radar operator on board the ship you know, caught the blips and estimated about 7,000 miles per hour. This was a uh, priority level uh, secret classification going to Chief Naval Operations in Washington, D.C. Uh, after, unlike the, some of the other witnesses that were able to bring official Office of Naval Intelligence and U.S. Air Force uh, Special Investigations documentation of their testimonies, I tried to, through the Office of Naval Intelligence, to try to get the ship's record of this event, but they notified me that those records have been destroyed. So I was unable to, <laughs> you know, participate that way with documentation to back up what I was, uh, you know, my testimony was. But, uh, but yeah, I've had, you know, you them fly over the top of me about 50 feet or so. Uh, actually, it was about 100 feet up and about 50 feet in diameter, to be more precise. And it was glowing. Uh, totally quiet and glowing uh, white with a greenish hue to it. Um, and, uh, yeah, 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 I had a few experiences. But, you know, uh, more and more people are seeing these all the time. More and more reports are coming in. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people uh, seeing them. Uh, you know, it, it just... It just amazes me that, you know, when we went to the moon, basically, the moon is, uh, first of all, it's not our moon, and and second, it's, it's not a moon. <laughs> uh, it's a, uh, this, this hollow craft apparently was well occupied. That's how, you know, Carl Wolf, who uh, was working at the uh, NSA facility where he saw the base on the other side of the moon, which, uh, you know, huge domes, towers, mushroom-shaped buildings. Um, you know, the, the poor guy that he got murdered on, uh, I don't know, I shouldn't say murdered. He, he was killed on a bicycle accident. Uh, but, you know, here he said in his testimony, and here it is, 30 years ago today, and I hope to hear it on the evening news. But, you know, it never made it to evening news. They did a complete... Uh, limited hangout and you know you were talking about uh paperclip earlier but one of the aspects of per paperclip a lot of people aren't aware of that under paperclip and there's documentation to back this up xavier dorsch was the mastermind of the underground structures for nazi germany he was brought over to the uh, monzano mountains in new mexico outside of kirkland air force base where they started tunneling in the uh, U.S. underground plant program where they started making these deep underground military bases that are, you know, uh, you know, connected from from the Kirkland up to Dulce up to, you know, they, they there's like hundreds of them all connected with maglev train tunnels and everything. Nobody knows what the hell is going on down, down there. You know, some witnesses have 
have come forward that uh, talk about the uh, the joint extraterrestrial, you know, corporation human operations that are going on down there. And you know, even after Wonder in 1969, you know, not only do they have deep underground military bases, but you know, deep under the ocean bases as well. So you know. You know, who knows if it was an indigenous species that's already living on this planet way before us that's going in and out of our oceans, or who knows if it's uh, the reptilians uh, working with the uh, with the Nazis. Uh, you know, as Professor Herman Oberth revealed when they asked, you know, how did the Nazis become so so sophisticated and advanced so quickly, and he and he publicly said, you know, he had help from people from other worlds. And uh, William Tompkins was working with the 29 Navy spies that were giving reports over to uh, Naval Station San Diego with Admiral Rick Oboda. And his job was an information disseminator to we were trying to catch up. We we're trying to, you know, make out these hieroglyphics from the from the reptilians and the, and the technical details that these uh, Navy spies that were embedded into the. Uh, you know, Nazi Germany's secret space program, we were attempting to, this was like back in the early 40s, to um, to try to gain an advantage and understand what they were doing. But as it turned out, you know, the Nazis got a 20-year lead over the U.S. And that's how they were able to intimidate and eventually infiltrate in and uh, have President Eisenhower lose control and jurisdiction of our legal constitutional government. We have got around 10 to 15 minutes or so left with our guest for this week. Friday night feature slot. It's Dan Willis. He is our ET disclosure agent, or if you will, UFO disclosure agent, or just disclosure agent. Um, coming to us Main, mainstream media infiltration disclosure agent <laughs> okay coming to us uh live tonight <laughs> via uh the some i'm not sure if it's if i can say mountainous you've a secluded mountain uh in oregon I'm, we're not going to say where exactly i don't think but uh coming to us loud and clear so that's really great uh, that we've got that end of the operation covered. Uh, we're going to release, not exactly the hounds here, but we're going to unlock some of the booty we have available over on DLive. So there's about 10 people there right now. If you are listening and you're not logged into DLive, you've got a, a little, well, around 20 seconds or so to get over there and see if you can maybe claim these digital rewards, uh, which ultimately can be transferred and, and uh, put into your bank account. They do become real money at some point. We ourselves just in the process here of working out a, a way of getting things set up here so that we can actually see this come to uh, come to fruition ourselves waiting to see if we've got any lucky followers here. And to this point, it looks like nobody. So that's fine. That's the way uh, the cookie crumbles here from time to time. We can boot things up again maybe in a few minutes before we uh, wrap 
this week's show up and see if we can have somebody cash in at, at some, one point or another. But uh, let's see now, Dan. There's so much in the way of the discourse, of course. What is the latest then as far as where are we currently in the disclosure end of things, would you say? Uh, there's a lot of consciousness and awareness. People have, as you say, their own sightings. And um, the Trump administration in particular, uh, how is he playing it? You've been following things quite closely, I'd imagine. What are your thoughts as far as what's currently taking place within the Trump administration, how they're handling the whole um, recognition of the fact that we might not be alone in this universe? They're slipping it out. You know, he has that little interview with his son. They were talking about, uh, you know, the Roswell situation. And, you, you know, you gotta got to re realize that his uncle, who is really close, John Trump, was the one that was going in on Tesla's files. And he was also brought in on the Roswell situation because being MIT's scientist, uh, there's documentation showing MIT was totally brought into that situation to try to understand that that was going on. Uh, but what's happening in the news lately, uh, you know, you know, the New York Times article that came out about the Tic Tac, you know, of the Nimitz incident, you know, back in uh, 2017. Uh, the, when they greenlight something, it goes across all their major platforms. And so they saturated that for a couple of days. So everybody knows about the Tic Tac, you know, and the, and the, and then you have the advanced aerial threat for, uh, identification program out of the Pentagon and Luis Elizondo and the To the Stars Academy. And then they started doing this whole uh, unidentified series with language of alien threat. But it turns out that the Tic Tac wasn't even an alien threat. It was actually U.S. Air Force uh, secret space program drone, as testified by, um, was it, his name's uh, John Tuber, I believe. Anyway, he was a... Uh, a specialist with compartmented access that uh, revealed that this was not extraterrestrial. Uh, but it seems to be that there's two agendas coming up, you know, because they, they did have the, uh, you know, lately you see a lot of stuff about asteroids, you know, it could be on the false flag bland and, and then, you know, they, a lot of documents revealed that they had planned on doing uh, an alien attack. But, you know, what came out recently in the last month was New York Times talked about Dr. Eric Davis briefing, you know, members of uh, the Defense Intelligence Agency about uh, recovered extraterrestrial craft that they've been reverse engineering, but they haven't made making much progress on it. But, you know, during 2001, we revealed that the... Uh, uh, Mike McCandish was showing illustrations of alien reproduction vehicles, which basically using mercury plasma, that these things were built back in the 50s. These were like the antiques that they were showing at a, at a exhibit at Norton Air, Air Force Base in 1988. Uh, and so, and these things can go faster than the speed of light. So this whole thing about, you know, we haven't really been making much progress. Well, if we had an alien invasion, then, oh, well, the, you know, the, that can't be anything from made on Earth. You know, look at that. It's flying saucers. That must be from outer space. You know, aliens coming to attack us, you know. And so you have this alien threat agenda. 
And then you have this other group that is saying, you know, all aliens are benevolent, all peace, you know, like uh, the Vatican has come out in 28, that aliens, extraterrestrials are our brother, they were born on other planets, so they're free of original sin and all that stuff. Anyway, uh, there's this alien rescue thing that looks like it might be forming as well. So there's these different scenarios. And, you know, I'm just keeping, you know, you got to, understand that there's the agenda that's driving new york times is probably at the core of you know the control with the bilderbergs and the council on foreign relations and the trilateral committee that that and and cia project mockingbird that is getting this stuff out for psychological purposes into the public it's not for the public's benefit it's for an agenda and so you have to look at all the people that are tied into it that are, you know, CIA, Air Force, Lockheed, you know, that are pushing a certain uh, alien threat, quote unquote, agenda. So, you know, uh, there's a whole lot of different things going on. And it's so darn confusing to most people because there's so much conflicting information. Then you got the CIA coming in, muddying the waters and these different operations. And so you have so. But there's definitely solid information that builds upon itself. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, I know we're just about out of time, but, you know, my, I don't do anything for money with this whole thing. I just want to share information and, you know, help maybe connect some dots for other people. Uh, the webmatrix.net uh, has all my notes from year 1900 to present day, actually, about two days ago. Uh, so what, what more can I say? <laughs> the Space Force. Uh, Trump, you know, he's the president who's launched the Space Force. What have you seen as far as or what do you reckon the implications of that are? And uh, his uncle, John Trump, apparently was the even more of an influence on him than his father uh, and it is a really, you know, small world. Quite amazing the way that uh, that John Trump is said to have been the man who was sent in by, I think, J. Edgar Hoover, if we got our facts straight here, to uh, collect and gather up Tesla's documents after following his his death all his papers that's right that's yeah so what and then there we've all we've heard the story of, of baron trump was he a time traveler in this this book from the the 19th century or something <laughs> that's a curious that's a curious book isn't it yeah uh, i don't know i'm not uh i'm not going to go into conspiracy theory on that one but uh <laughs> I just try to touch all the conspiracy facts that I know that are, you know, based on witness testimonies and documents and things like that. But, um, you know, we, uh, you know, we have a, we have a, uh, infiltrated threat, you know, and it's using uh, psychological warfare through the media right now. And, uh, these people, uh, have an agenda and it's not going to work out so good for everybody if their agenda works out so you know it's so important right now if people speak up and they they share what they know and we uh because they're you know they're desperately trying to as you've seen you know censor everybody and and they are attacking anything uh you know calling it <clears throat> a baseless uh, far right fringe uh you know 
outrageous conspiracy theory cult, you know, you know, so they're, they're trying to discourage everybody from looking into it, you know, and I've been kind of monitoring it, you know, ever since it came out and, you know, paying attention to all the posts, and, you know, I can't see anything that is, uh, you know, all they're basically doing is asking questions of the public. And uh, that is so threatening to them because when people start looking and researching for themselves, then all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden you're going to have an awakened population. That is their biggest threat. And, uh, you know, um, anyway, it's good to, good to do pirate radio shows. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and consciousness is a powerful thing. There's no doubt about that. So uh, if people, uh, you know, based here where I am in South Korea, we have the chemtrail issue. It's an ongoing ordeal, as it is in many places around the world. Uh, said to be run by the UN. I, I'm not sure where we heard that from most recently, but somebody was talking about that within the last just week or two here. And it's, wouldn't doubt it. It's, it's, it's all the connections. Yeah, yeah. Well, and even this this COVID thing is goes said to go directly lead directly back to the Queen is one particular scenario, the way people have mapped it out and just, you know, follow the money kind of deal. But the World Health Organization and the UN or you know Yeah. Who would ever and, who would uh, ever get the vested interest? Who would ever you'd who'd ever think that they could possibly have a, some conflict of interest and yeah, have their hands in the cookies. You know, and the CDC just admitted that uh, only six percent of the of the total death number of eighty five thousand deaths, you know, is only like nine thousand. And you know, they've been you know tweaking with the numbers and yeah. trying to create all this fear, you know. Oh, big time. To, uh, you know, for, it's all about you know they need to seize back control. They want to have control of that position of the commander in chief. Because they never expected her to lose. That was the Bilderberg's choice back in 2016. And military intelligence recruited him in to use him as a, a tool, an asset, in order to get these uh, executive orders in place, in order to work with military intelligence, in order to see they, Admiral Mike Rogers, they took over control. The NSA was going to be used against us, but the White Hats gained control of the NSA and was actually... You know, everybody thinks Richard's, uh, Edward Snowden did a good thing, you know, revealing the source codes with the uh, NSA, but it was actually trying to hamper. It was like a C. There was like good people in our CIA, NSA, and so forth, but there's also cabal assets and all that. And so they were trying to hamper the NSA, which is being used against them uh, to take them down. So, you know, we'll, we'll just see what the, what the, this, the 185,000 sealed indictments, you know, the first one has come out. Let's see what the two, three, four, five coming down the row, what's going to be revealed. I think the only way they can turn around all the psychological warfare, all this division they've created, you know, by religion, race and everything else uh, through the mainstream media is actually showing the public how dark and criminal, you know, the... Uh, Adrenal chrome operations, the child sex trafficking operations, all of the, uh, you know, selling all the stuff to China, you know, everything starts to come out. Uh, I think the public will all of a sudden realize that, you know, they've been duped. Indeed, you know, identity politics is a is a big issue. It probably still there. Oh, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Here we go. Did I lose that? No, no. That's just I sometimes oh. uh, I kind of uh, fumble around here <laughs> looking for the, the the Skype unmute button. No, no big deal. So I was going to say I was still here. Yeah. So uh, identity politics. I mean, Here's... we're seeing it at, at a level unlike probably never before, right across America in particular. So the Soros foundation seems like a lot of money uh that he is having you know directing into organizations like black lives matter and and antifa and the like even vice media for crying out loud uh hundreds of millions the best riots of money can buy pardon me the best riots money can buy hundreds <laughs> the best somebody we need that on a t-shirt uh so hundreds of millions of dollars it's just incredible but uh endless order out of chaos you know we're gonna wrap things up i think about right here would be the time probably we've gone approximately 90 minutes or so uh reverend jim and pirate larry before we do that we'd just like to turn our focus back to you and ask if in fact you have got any questions for our guest we'll start i suppose with uh reverend jim you can kick things off if you like and if you have any questions just uh let and you're oh, up there in the crow's I, nest I, I, of course this week too as always let's not forget we kind of uh just realize that we f failed to mention that but go ahead jim the, the mic and the floor I've got, is yours i've got actually too many questions to uh ask but the fact that uh he brought up some of the things that Penny brought up. Right. Just makes me think, you know, how much of this is real. Just like the the, the ancient history that's being hid from us about the giants. Yeah. The actual age of the pyramids, Pumapunku, Kiwanaku. Uh, Occulted history. Jim Mars yeah. went into that with his la um, one of his last books, The Occulted History. That's a really important uh that's a good book. theme. Yeah. This is all linked. As far as I'm concerned, this is all linked. So, it is. yeah, I have too many questions to ask. I'm just going to have to get some of his information and start following the man and uh, great point. what he knows. That, you know, that's, because that's I would love point. to sit down with him and just have a nice long conversation. Well, and Jim, you're a former Navy guy, too, let's not forget. I, I guess yes, Dan, I Dan probably wasn't aware of that, but... Uh... Yeah, I'm sure you'd have I was a few. Anti-submarine <laughs> squadron on the, on the west coast. Oh, All right, cool. Yeah, you know, I was uh, in Vietnam on the <clears throat> on uh, River River uh, Division Thirteen. <laughs> Going down the Mekong. <laughs> Gee, you're um, that ask, old? Did you, did you, you ever old? know a uh, a guy by the name of Cal Callis? My uncle oh. was a. Uh, well, he was a bosun's mate. He ran. He was on the carriers for a while, and then he was on riverboats for a while. He's got three Purple Hearts from three tours, and yeah, they called him Cal. Yeah, the other false flag, Gulf of Tonkin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's another one, well, along with the Pearl Harbor and the Lusitania. September eleventh. Those 11th. were all set They were all lies. Nine eleven. Our government knew that Japan was going to attack when and where. That's why there were no aircraft carriers in the harbor 
on that Sunday. Mm -hmm. Aircraft carriers don't go out alone, but yet they were all out alone and told to sail under general quarters, not told why, and while all the other ships get decimated. Right, right. You know, I forgot to answer your question about the uh, secret space program. Okay. I mean, the, uh, the Space Force, rather. Right. Uh, they're using that as a vehicle to bring in, you know, they, the Navy's been releasing a whole bunch of patents that are, you know, like force fields, uh, warp drive, uh, fusion reactors, you know, that can create, create terawatts of power. I mean, unbelievable amount of power. And these patents are being released into the patent office. Uh, and so, you know, the... Uh, We've had the secrets. We've had the space force out there since the 1980s, but the public doesn't know. But the space force that is supposedly just created is is just nothing more than a, a vehicle in order to to say, oh, look at all the advancement. Oh, look at our new our new anti gravity craft, and uh, you know all this is all going to be uh, is all going to be rolled out along with uh, technologies and health, and maybe we can. Uh, Get rid of the pharmaceutical corporations, huh? That would be that would be something, or at least uh, less dependent on on the drugs they push. It's really quite unfortunate. Uh, one of the reasons why we, wherever we get the opportunity, talk about marijuana prohibition in this country, South Korea, asking not just ourselves but our listening audience as well too. Some of whom do tune in via. South Korea, when is change going to come to the peninsula? You know, it was back in 1976 that the that the call was made out of Washington D.C. And from what I can tell, there was a quid pro quo agreement made. No, Donald Trump wasn't the first person who maybe made you know was involved in some sort of uh, quid pro quo uh, deal when it when it comes to political wrangling. But um, that's what it took. In 1976, they brought in marijuana prohibition. And I think from that point on, the pharmacies just took off like like uh, you wouldn't believe. So you can you walking down the streets here. Every city block has got at least three or four pharmacies on it. Oh. You know, it, it's it's. Oh. It's, it's cannabis quite... is so good for so many things. You know, it helps so many people. And it yeah, used to well... be, you know, my great grandfather was the president of the Homeopathic Medical Society going up against Rockefeller, you know, allopathic medicine. And so, uh, and my mother, uh, it, it, she was going to die from cancer, the doctor said. You know, I took her to nu nutritional therapy. I had to go across the border because it's illegal in the United States. And uh, she lived to be 91, cancer free. Uh, you know, so I, yeah, I'm a big believer in, uh, you know, and, and it, cannabis used to be, uh, prescribed a lot before the, uh, Rockefeller medicine, you know, took over. And yeah, I know somewhat of that whole history of how they, uh, kind of hoodwinked everybody because, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm kind of in the, the growing capital <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where I am, Oregon the region, there's like farms everywhere. You know, everybody's growing it, sure. you know, which is a wonderful thing. You know, it shouldn't be, uh, it shouldn't be suppressed. No, that's right, and and it's the same reason what we're seeing exactly with uh, what you've been talking about here, primarily for the most uh, 
over the course of our conversation as far as you know space technology and suppression of advanced or exotic zero point energy technologies is one example so and cures for every disease is available uh they've got you know age reversal technology they've got uh you know you name it we could be living in a completely different world our planet's got technologically hijacked and and everywhere else hijacked you know so it's only the public's perception that they can maintain it's only secrecy that allows us to continue disclosure is their worst enemy and uh and that i'm at service to perception indeed look at the COVID as we've just we hit on briefly here over the course of the conversation you, you could not uh, could not be any more applicable of course the way that so many people have been brought under the spell which largely mainstream media is responsible for in peddling totally. the fear the the disinformation which is just promoting ignorance really I mean all one needs to do is get online and start looking around a little bit and you can see where a lot so many things just don't add up including the cdc business that you mentioned just a few minutes prior it's even less than six percent uh is what uh some folks are saying and the numbers are they're right there I, they're still there on the cdc's site amazingly they haven't pulled them down so you can see how with so many cases people who have died with these official numbers they had underlying conditions already in place very serious oh, yeah. ones usually you know yeah. the upper respiratory and, 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 the, and the cases you know they well, some the president of tanzania had a goat and a papaya that, that tested positive you know right i mean they're they're ramping up they're faking up the numbers so you have the case and death numbers are blown way out of proportion and you know you look at the bill and melinda gates foundation connected with all these agencies that are having to do with uh, human population control and uh, he's partnering with with darpa that they're doing these nanobots that they want to inject in people and i've looked at the patents on these things with cryptocurrency and stuff like that that uh you know they're probably trying to create this world where you know you can't go to work or you can't buy anything or travel unless you you have your identification uh, of your vaccination you know digital certificate is what gates called it but uh, you know hopefully all these uh criminals will be uh, you know fully exposed there is definitely a great awakening happening there's a lot of people that are just it just it can't wrap their mind around that that anchor person on the television screen is actually reading a uh, teleprompter that they are engineering uh, the perceptions of the public toward their agenda and they're deceiving the public. They can't wrap their mind around that they're being deceived. And that's why it's important for people to understand the hidden history of how our mainstream media basically got centralized control and is controlling the agenda that is not in the interest of the uh, of the of the public. Uh, couldn't have said it any better myself. So, thank you so much, Dan Willis. It's been uh, a great ride, of course. Here, always uh, an adventure. Anytime we sail out here onto the high digital seas 
via the Robin Hood. It says we find ourselves now, of course, circling back into Skullport Harbor and uh, looking at a potential after show. We'll just uh, kind of play it by ear behind the scenes one way or the other. Uh, not a big deal really at this point, but that is, of course, it's a premium content. Regular listeners know the story as far as how the whole business goes. We will find our way down into, once again, Skullport Harbor. Let's not forget, located along the lovely and very majestic Mystic Bay. Uh, one of the, <laughs> <laughs> it's got to have it, man. The, uh, one of the, we have your choice of watering holes. It's either the scurvy dog, the howling wolf, or the mossy wench. Those are the three most popular ones. I think, uh, Larry, aren't you, you're over there at the howling wolf tonight once again, or, or am I mistaken? Did you say it was that scurvy dog? No, I'd be at the howling wolf. He is at the howling or how? Okay. The howling good time. Very good. So, Smokestack Lightning. Um, well, and the website, once again, the webmatrix.net. And Perfect. over on yep. Facebook, just simply Disclosure Witness. Dan Willis is the guy you're going to be wanting to uh, uh, keep a look on, a lookout on for. Is, is that the proper English? Anyways, keep your <laughs> <laughs> you want you're gonna want to uh, be sure that you manage to track him down via Facebook. So uh, minds dot com, you know that's another social media platform you might want to. Uh, we'll we'll turn you on to that here, just uh, behind the scenes. We'll shoot you a, a little link that you can check out and see what you think about the whole thing. But uh, they're very yeah, much. I appreciate it. Yeah, I know, know nothing about, uh, but, you know, I think it's cool. You got a, a pirate station here. Pro, <laughs> pro free speech. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Hey, it's not just that we're the flagship to a wider network with WPRPN.com, the people's pirate network. And, uh, you know, we're f affiliated, uh, loosely affiliated with the whole number of other, uh, podcasters and live streamers and just uh, really having a lot of fun here as uh, we well, enjoyed the show. Yeah, I hope hope there's elements that resonated with people. That, God, I uh, tell you, man, you're, you're very articulate. You really you really unpacked a lot and in very concise and, uh, you know, expert manner. So thank you so much once again. But uh uh, My pleasure. Yeah. Is there now? Hey. There's there's no upcoming events. May I interject? Yeah. Go ahead. He adds credence to Penny's story and other stories that I've heard. Um, yeah. I'm just. I'm. Thank you for being here tonight. Very appreciated. Alrighty. My That's pleasure. All uh, very fellow, good. Fellow. Uh, fellow uh, ex Navy. Yeah, here we go. So we'll just get everybody to mute out as we make our way into the uh, well, wrapping things up and the potential after show. Thanking everybody out there for listening. It was unfortunate that uh, YouTube did not pick up our stream. Uh, we seem to have received a notice here that is talking about how with the restream platform itself, they may not be working together with YouTube or Google, uh, for whatever reason, starting the end of this month. We'll just have to see what that's all about. We've we've uh, joined up 
with their Discord group. And uh, like I said, just working on trying to get to the bottom of things here uh, a little later on down the road. Uh, in the meantime, though, be sure as always to check out WPRPN.com. Sign up is free. All you need is an email, username, password. Shoot us, speaking of emails, shoot us one courtesy of Pirate One Radio at protonmail.com. That's how we manage to uh, collect any PayPal donations that you have, or for that matter, show or, or guest suggestions you may have in mind. So having said all this, we're just going to make sure, okay, everyone is muted out. That looks great. And uh, yeah, we're ready to wind things down here. So be sure to check us out this coming Tuesday night. We got a little bit of a technical work to do here behind the scenes as far as one of our machines going to be looks like reverting back to uh, Windows, unfortunately. That's just the way it goes. And from there, we're going to be having a lot of fun working on reaching an even wider audience. So until we meet again out on the high digital seas, on behalf of Captain Long John Sinclair and all the rest of the crew here aboard the Robin Hood, I'm your host as always, the show's Chief Communications Officer, Jaffe Ryder. Keep your eyes to the sky and ear to the ground. Tally-ho. I know. There we be. Having carefully looked over each of our navigation panel instruments, checking every level, switch, dial, cable, knob, and pulley, by all accounts and indications, we indeed see it's time once again to drop anchor inside Mystic Bay, draw an end to yet another week of World Pirate Radio Live. Remember, if you're looking for a little more animated online action, Keep in mind, we've likely got yet another great free-flowing rogues gallery after show coming up for the next hour in one of our more premium exclusive and remote digital underground online pirate hideaways. Also, if you yourself have a new, novel, intriguing, or otherwise underreported idea, unique individual, or pressing item in mind, be sure to either drop us a line directly over on WPRPN.com or fire us a quick email via Pirate One Radio at ProtonMail.com. We're always open to exploring fresh creative suggestions, intriguing guest ideas, cutting-edge discussion topics, and captivating themes. Remember... WPRPN.com member site subdomain links are also always available. Great for artists, musicians, podcasters, bloggers, social media personalities, or pretty much just any old land lover looking to boost their online visibility, presence, and reach. Basic personal profile accounts can be launched for just $60 per year. Staking your claim now helps not only strengthen you and the network, we're also looking out for the little guy. 
That's right, folks. As much as half of all WPRPN's profits are redirected right back into the hands of the people who really need it most. Community charity. After all, we are the Robin Hood. You can further embark on your own personal pirate journey by either liking, sharing, commenting on, subscribing to, or just following us via virtually any mainstream social media platform, including Twitter, Facebook, Gab, or Minds.com. So don't forget to become engaged until we meet again out on the high digital seas. I'm your host as always, the ship's chief communications officer, Jaffe Ryder. Tally ho.